Welcome to Compassionate Cultures, the podcast. You're about to go on a journey of empathy, understanding and transformation. Get ready to dive into the heart of humanity's most pressing questions with me, Rebecca Hemmings, the CEO of Strawberry Words Training Consultancy and guests. It's time to turn up the volume on kindness and to amplify the voices of minorities that often go unheard. This podcast asks questions like, how can we create workplaces where ethnic minorities thrive without the chains of career stagnation? What if universities were safe havens for all, free from the storm of microaggressions? And how can we bridge the gaps between cultures that have been divided by the walls of bias and ignorance? This is not just a podcast. This is a revolution of empathy. Welcome to Compassionate Cultures, the podcast. Get ready to explore, learn and change the world one compassionate conversation at a time. excited it, you know I know it's been a while but welcome 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 did you hear that new intro um I know I'm biased we're all biased by the way um even if you're not if you don't think you're biased check out blind spot bias but that's a whole other story anyway um yes um we have a new version of the podcast so welcome to compassionate cultures the podcast previously known as the coffee and anti-racism podcast ah! So this episode really is a bit of a mishmash really because I'm going to explain to you just very briefly why the change and then also I'm going to play for you um, some snippets of the launch of our new online learning hub, um, Crafting Compassionate Cultures, um, because I think also by hearing that, this will put this whole thing into context, okay? So just if you've um, not heard any of these podcast episodes before and you're wondering what is she talking about, well, um, don't refer to Miss She, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in that kind of mood today. Rebecca's fine. Um, so, uh, we had the Coffee and Anti-Racism podcast, which pro focused primarily on having conversations around how organisations can be anti-racist, how uh, the needs of ethnic minorities can be put at the fore in order for them to not face uh, regular forms of discrimination. And, and that's all still very valid. So all that content you got from the Coffee and Anti-Racism uh, podcast, you're still going to get it in this. So don't worry, that conversation isn't going anywhere. We're just expanding, okay? All things must evolve if we're going to grow, right? And just in case you didn't know, because a, co a common question I'm asked is, well, why is Strawberry Words called Strawberry Words? Well, it's because the average strawberry has over... 200 seeds on the outside and so we like to, and words are the way that we communicate right so uh we like to think that with every conversation with every workshop with every podcast episode you know wherever we kind of wherever you come into contact with us we are planting seeds of growth development and positive change okay and so you know the seed has been sown for the for the podcast you know and we've watered it it's germinating it's blossoming and now we have growth we have compassionate cultures so um and where it comes from really is that you know i just felt as the more we spoke as a company about anti-racism unconscious bias microaggressions cultural awareness cultural diversity uh diversity equity and inclusion i realized that essentially what we're doing is helping 
organizations, you know, and we work with a wide range of organizations from, you know, housing corporations and councils to universities, do a lot of work in universities, theatres, um, you know, activism organizations and so on. And so, you know, we we're, what we're doing is we're helping them to become craft, um, compassionate cultures. We're helping them to be kind. You know, a friend once said to me, you know, a friend who works in this area of DEI, um, she said essentially what we're doing is we're teaching people or reminding people how to be good to other human beings. And, and that is it. That's essentially what is at the, the core of all this work. We're teaching people how to be good, decent human beings because we can forget, you know, um, agendas get in the way, policy gets in the way, you know, cultures, uh, the way we do things around here in the workplace gets in the way. You know, the normalization of um, various forms of discrimination uh, and therefore the, the fact that they become systemized, those things get in the way. So it, it's, it's saying, hey, hey, look, this is what's going on here. Uh, essentially, these people are suffering as a result of what's going on. What can we do to take that away? Because the suffering, you know, that happens on so many different levels. And I'm not going to get into the detail of it today. But I just wanted to kind of give you uh, some insight into why the change. So we want to have those conversations. How do you create spaces where your most marginalised people can turn up and feel welcome, they can feel like I belong here because the company, the organization, the institution has done the work to ensure that everybody understands that they know how to treat various groups of people well. Okay, so what will be different? Um, well, as I mentioned, we'll be focused on focusing on creating compassionate cultures. Um, and as I said, we believe you can do this by when you put the needs and challenges of the most marginalized people first, because when you do that, then um, you cover everybody else naturally. Okay, so uh, often what statistics will show that certainly in the UK, some of the most like, deprived or discriminated against groups of people are ethnic minorities, uh, darker skinned women, um, some white ethnic minorities such as, such as Gypsy Roman travellers, socially deprived groups and women, and not forgetting the various intersections of some of those, okay? So, uh, just to give you an example, in June 2021, Henley Business School found that women from an ethnic minority background and age 45 plus working in the public sector are amongst the most disadvantaged. Now, as a black woman, um, you know, heading, approaching her 50s, I know I don't look like it, but I am. Um, to hear that, that's very disheartening. You know, I don't work in the public sector, but still, you know, I, I, meet, I meet two of those and that's very disheartening to hear. So I wanna be able to broaden the conversations to include intersections. You know, I can't ignore the fact, and I don't want to ignore the fact that, you know, not only am I an ethnic minority, and often the focus is on the fact that I'm a black British uh, Caribbean woman of African descent, um, but I'm also a woman. And that in itself has a lot of challenges and it's not all about me. I know there are other areas in which people face overlapping difficulties because of their intersections. I want to be able to dive into those conversations as well. And so already, you know, we've got a, quite a few uh, interesting interviews coming up. You know, often when we talk about organisations, people tend to think we're just talking about um, the workplace and often we are, but not always. Um, we, as I said, we do a lot of work in universities and we find that there's a lot of work needed and conversations needed within 
those institutions and within schools we're working within schools we're working in schools too with teachers who are wanting to understand these areas so if you want to spread the word about this podcast please do don't let don't have them think it's just for a certain group of people it really is for everybody because this not only uh, these conversations are not only important to you uh, within your place of work wherever that is or wherever you're studying uh, but it's also important to you as an individual you know a lot of this stuff we just don't talk about and this is why they become problematic and people become paralyzed and you know het up and we just need to talk through it that's it right and then we can become kinder and have more empathy and so on so with all that being said what i'm gonna play for you are um some extracts from our crafting compassionate cultures hub it's our new online learning platform as i said once you hear this i think it will also give you more insight into the direction in which strawberry words is going so and if, if by the way you want to see the whole launch you can just go onto our youtube channel and and uh yeah go on there and, and have a look so without further ado oh yeah yeah that's it that's all i wanted to say yeah go on our youtube channel and have a look i'm just so excited so have a look at that and um i'll be back back with you on the other side welcome <clears throat> croaky welcome uh welcome to the launch of crafting compassionate cultures it's been a long time coming um to say i'm nervous um is an underestimation um simply because this yeah it, this has been in the making for a very very long time say for the last two years so i just want to say hello to people thank you so much for joining um i know your time is precious um uh, thank you very much uh joseph thank you i know that means good luck joseph is one of our new trainers um so say hi to joseph and yeah that's just a reminder to say before i'm just talking to give people an opportunity to join right i think that's it i think we should just go for it um just because i'm very aware that uh time is going and you have to forgive me this is a new platform for me I'm not used to um doing this live so what am I talking about I, I am used to doing this live I've done it for the last three three weeks but it's still quite new to me so um live on live on LinkedIn right here we go so this is the launch so what's coming up um first I'll, I'll do a quick introduction to who I am and who strawberry words or what strawberry words is who we are then obviously I'll give the essential information on what you came here for, which is an overview of our online learning hub, Crafting Compassionate Cultures. And by the way, this is being recorded, um, but you get to ask me questions at the end. So if you want to ask questions, yeah, make sure you stay to the very end. Um, Crafting Compassionate Cultures, the overview. Then we have uh, another of our practitioners joining us. Uh, I think I can take that off the screen now. Yeah, there we go. I have another practitioner joining us, uh, Sipo Enlovu, who is delivering one of our, uh, just a tiny mini les lesson from our Thriving in the Face of Discrimination um, course, which will be in the hub. So you'll just get an idea of how we deliver uh, our training sessions. And then uh, there'll be a bit of a fun aspect to this and that I'll deliver a quick cultural awareness quiz. It's just really quick. <laughs> There's like three questions. And, and then you get a chance to ask questions, okay? So I think we should just, again, move on. So if, as I'm going through this, you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to pop those in the comment box. And as I mentioned, if you've got to go, you can see the email on each and every slide, uh, the email address. So make a note of that. 
and um, get in touch with us afterwards. So let me give you a brief introduction to Strawberry Words and myself. So I am Rebecca Hemmings. I am the director of Strawberry Words. And Strawberry Words began um, in 1999. I'll, no, I'll, I'll jump to that in a second. But to show you, tell you who's on screen, on the top left-hand corner, you have um, Tembilia. And then to the right of her is Sipo, who you will see today. Um, Joseph, who's just um, given me his, his good look um, symbols. Thank you. Um, and then myself on the bottom right hand side. So I, I work with a team of facilitators and I have also um, I work with administrators. So, um, yeah, the Strawberry Words started in 1999. So when I finished university and it really was born out of a need to want to let people know that we're good people really because they you know as a young person i just kept remembering seeing lots of negative things lots of negative stories about black people um and i, I just felt it was wrong because i knew that that's that's not who we were it wasn't a, it wasn't a fair representation so we actually started as a theater in education company we'd work in schools and we'd deliver workshops and performances to children that then grew into cultural awareness training for teachers but we couldn't really use the r word um we could talk about discrimination very generally but we certainly couldn't talk about racism um and then fast forward to 2016 i wrote a a blog which was it, it was taken up by um it was taken up by yes it's definitely being recorded joseph so um arts professional magazine who posted it and this blog went viral it was about the lack of diversity um within the the um the arts industry that went viral and so all of a sudden uh, we were being asked to be on panels to deliver workshops and talk to talk about diversity but again still race was a hot button topic and people weren't really to discuss it so to be very honest with you after a while I kind of thought you know what um, this is too much of a struggle to talk about race. Like, I don't want to have an argument with anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, but I just want everyone to just understand. And um, So I just thought after a while, you know, um, it's not worth all this hassle. So, you know, we would do our projects, but quite quietly, and we wouldn't talk about race. Well, 2020 came along, and all of a sudden I started getting all these emails Oh, Rebecca, do you remember when your company used to come in and deliver those cultural awareness training sessions? Can you come in and talk about race? I'm like, what? what? Really? You want to talk about race? Oh, OK, then. And so we um, what happened in 2020 is that we delivered a um, an online webinar on core times to talk about race, which is now the title of one of our courses. And we were just the, the yeah, inundated with people who wanted to come. Um, we were meant to run them every month. After two months, I had to stop running them because we just had so much work. And so that's kind of where we are really now. We're three years on and we're still um, in demand having conversations, not only about race now, but about diversity and inclusion. OK, so that's just a bit of an introduction to us. Um, I'll hear some photos uh, just to give you a reflection of the kind of things we've been doing over the years. And then um, here are a few of the clients that we work with. So um, what's great is that we have a longstanding relationship with a lot of the organisations that we work with. So we regularly work with the University of Birmingham, uh, the University of Cambridge. They, you know, for a lot of the universities, the conversation is around microaggressions. And so we don't just work with the students. We also work with staff and staff have been taking. So in the medical school, for instance, for the last year, they've been taking our microaggressions course. So it's useful for you to know that what we've 
had up until this point are standalone courses online. So just the online stuff now I'm referring to. We've had our standalone courses, which which organizations could buy. Um, but this now, Crafting Compassionate Cultures, it is, it is a hub where all that learning will be put into one place. So again, this is just an example of some of the organizations. And we're still working with Birmingham um, Hippodrome. So we're at the point where um, you want to know a bit more about crafting compassionate cultures. So this is it. So what is our big idea? So we believe that employees and leaders need to learn, digest and reflect to create lasting change to help develop anti-racist, diverse and inclusive and kinder workplaces. Um, so we design crafting compassionate cultures to host flexible, meaningful and enduring learning options for the workplace. What does all that mean? Basically, um, you know, we want to see change. That's why we exist. We, we exist to help marginalized people thrive. So how do we how can we continue to do that now? Um, yes, it's great having face-to-face -face training, and that does have a place. But what we want to be able to do is to have a long-lasting impact. And so we believe the way in which to do that is to um, put all our learning in one place where people have the time to go through the material, material over the, the the course of a year or perhaps longer where they can continue to add to that learning and not feel that pressure of having to be there on the day and then get caught up in everyday life okay so um crafting compassionate cultures um th the contents are these so currently and, and it's growing so this is just at the beginning right so we have our cpd accredited courses uh time to talk about race so that's an introduction to anti-racism. And to be honest, I'd say that's the, that course, we do that face-to-face -face as well. We'd, I'd say eight out of our, all our training sessions are around times to talk about race. We also have understanding microaggressions of subtle racism. And that was born out of when we did the section on microaggressions in the Times to Talk About Race course, people would find the microaggressions part the most interesting part because we hardly discuss them in society. And so um, a course was created then to really break down not only what we mean by microaggressions by showing lots of examples, but also um, to share um, how do you deal with difficult conversations when microaggressions come up? How do you manage that as, as someone who's on the receiving end and also somebody who might have said or done something that is a microaggression? So that's what that's about. And as I said, they're CPD accredited. We have new courses coming on board. Number one, the introduction to diversity. Uh, and that's realizing that not everybody's ready for the conversation about race. Not everybody, um, yeah, they're not. Um, and sometimes people need to be eased into it. Sometimes people just need a general understanding of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then thriving in the face of discrimination. Um, again, that's another new course coming up and you're going to see a, a sample of that in a moment um, when CPO joins us. Um, and so what that is, is, um, you know, it's a, it's a course I, I wrote because I, you know, as much as we do all this work, which is anti-discrimination type work, it's realizing that, you know, it took a long time for these systems to be created and it's going to take a long time to dismantle them. So what do we do as marginalized people in the meanwhile? So this is created for people of all protected characteristics of all marginalized identities. It's saying, look, um, acknowledging that, you know, work has been done to dismantle the systems, but in the meanwhile, how do you take care of yourself? In fact, not, not only how do you take care of yourself, how can you thrive? Okay. Um, 
So that's what that's about. Then we have a library of resources, including templates, quizzes, reading materials and worksheets, um, and also bite-sized learning videos, a live uh, monthly Q&A session, and obviously a community of like-minded people. So what I want to show to you now is just an overview of what it looks like inside the platform. Cultures, the platform. So we start at home here, where on this page is basically the dashboard. You can see everything that's been happening, and uh, obviously with the latest at the top. If you quickly just want to get on and study, you can just go into courses, click on the bite-sized learning video. So as well as the full courses, we also have tiny bite-sized videos, and they're usually based on um, things that people have asked. So you can see. Um, copies of those things of those videos here i won't press on it but yeah you get the idea okay and then we want you initially want people to start here so they know how to navigate the platform there's a whole area on how to do that uh, there's information on how to download the um the hub so the hub the um app um, because you can get it as an app, which is really convenient. You can say hello to everybody in the membership group and you can also access the full courses and it shows you how to do that. You click on the link and you navigate to the course. This will take you straight to the Strawberry Words website. So that's where the courses are held and you can go into the full course. And I won't go into all of this now, but it's just to show you that's, you know, you can go straight to and study the full courses there. Uh, you can attend live sessions. So these will happen on a monthly basis. Uh, and if you've missed one, because uh, you've got all the dates here, and if you've missed one, you can just go to the past, click on any one of those, and you can see um, the session there. Okay. And then you can ask questions, or we might ask questions of the membership right there. And any information you're seeing in here is is from the beta test. OK, uh, the bite sized learning is also in this in this space. Uh, resources will pop things in here. So there's our reading list in there, anti-racism reason list. So anything in, of interest you've seen online will pop in there as well. Um, there are also news. There's news and updates. We'll pop that there and people will also receive um, from time to time emails on what's come up, depending on what, what it is. Um, there's a how to section, how to access past recordings, you know, that's there, for instance, navigating, uh, crafting compassionate cultures on your phone. We've added a new session, which is about um, reporting wins. So we'll see how that goes. I've put something in there today and then challenges. So this is where, you know, we really want to get that engagement. So, for instance, we had a quiz and that proved really popular um, with our um, members. So that's just a quick overview of Crafting Compassionate Cultures, the uh, online hub. Okay, so um, that's a quick overview as to, to the contents. Again, I should have shown you that earlier. Um, but we did a beta test earlier this year for two months with four organisations, um, Coventry City Council, Birmingham Hippodrome, Staffordshire Youth Offending and Osborne Clark Lawyers. And they tested this. So we had about 40 people on there. And so they gave us feedback because we wanted to know that this could work before really going out there live and saying, you know, invest in this. You know, we think this is great for your organisations. We needed to know that it was. 
So the feedback, some of the constructive feedback we received was that people wanted a simpler process. Like, you know, there's a lot of information in this initially. So we've reduced that and we've provided guidance for, for people um, in terms of how they get through the material. Um, fewer live events, people said. So what we were doing initially was having an event every week because in, in my head, I just thought, you know what? People just want to ask questions and give them lots of opportunity, but to, uh, lots of opportunity to ask questions. Um, but the feedback was actually, you know, we don't need it so regularly because number one, we're busy. Number two, we want time to formulate our questions and to really come with, come and get, um, value from the sessions. And I will say that those sessions were really valuable and, and people can go back and watch those sessions, as I mentioned in the video. And that's also valuable because you can learn from the questions, some of the questions that other people ask. And then they also said um, they wanted a clearer navigation process. So just a, a nice, easy way of going through all the material. So a video and, and some written information has been created on that. Um, some of the positive um, responses to the material were some of these. Oh, I enjoyed the educational videos. They were they were easy to understand and interesting to follow. I also really liked the short tests at the end of each lesson. So yeah, it, with the CPD accredited courses, we make sure you know, we had to make sure that learning was taking place. So what we've done is at the end of each module, we've put a quiz uh, or a test, if you like, and you can't move on to the next module until you get the answers correct. So you can take the the quest the multiple choice questions. Um, test, sorry, as much as you like, but you have to pass them in order to move on. And that's proved really um, positive. Um, the content of the modules are important to create inclusive cultures and make everyone aware of their own biases and reflect on their own uh, behavior. And this person at the end has said, the entire nation is, is in desperate need of crafting compassionate cultures in almost every facet of life. I agree. There is too much frustration, hate and misery in our world today. But here in the UK, we can do something about it. And that's what we want you to, to do. We want each and every person to feel as though um, they, they can be a part of change, whether it's minute change or whether it's part of um, um, dismantling systems. Okay, so now we're going to move on to um, the mini lesson delivered by um, our trainer Sipo Enlovu. I'm going to add him to the stage. Hey Sipo. Hello, hello. Good afternoon all. Hello. Yes. So as I said, before I hand over to Sipo, um, if you do need to leave, um, the email address is at the bottom of most of the slides. I can't see it on this one, but it is at the bottom of most slides. Do take a note of that. This is being recorded so you can watch it back on the page. OK, so just as an introduction, as I mentioned earlier, Thriving in the Face of Discrimination is one of the courses that will be in the hub. And it's a new one. Um, and it, again, it's just based on the fact that knowing that these systems exist that discriminate against um, people, employees, people, students, whoever, um, what can you do personally to make sure you feel well? And so this is just a mini, mini lesson from that. Sipo, over to you. Amazing. Thank you so much, Rebecca. And that's a, a, a brilliant way, really, of putting it forward, because, of course, we, we understand that many of these circumstances can often feel so much bigger than ourselves. And so when actually addressing them, it can feel like you, you have to put yourself um, 
behind the, the problem. But yes, um, when talking about thriving in the face of discrimination, it's acknowledging that it has to be dealt with, and that you have to express your feelings. Um, and so I'll, I'll just talk um, us all through what um, the crafting c c compassionate cultures um, and as part of Strawberry Words, what we would like to offer to you. Um, and as Rebecca said, my name is C for Eric and Jovel, and I am an associate trainer for Strawberry Words. All right. <laughs> So when responding in the moment of um, of a discriminatory incident, we understand that um, of course it's it's a microaggression um, and really and truly any form of discrimination, it can be really really difficult to process it, especially within that moment. Um, and so what we, we want to acknowledge is that even though you may be taken by surprise, going into a type of flight or fight or even a freeze mode. It's making space to actually think about how you are going to act beforehand. Um, so we'd like to actually offer you some helpful tips just to prepare you ahead of such, of such incidences. So when it comes to actually responding in the moment to these discriminatory incidents, we have a few suggestions for you um, as, as to what you can do. So these three are to express your feelings and then take care of yourself or you can take care of yourself and then express your feelings or simply take care of yourself. Now these of course all look and sound very very different and you might be able to imagine the type of um, circumstance or context you may find yourself where an incident has taken place. So this could be within a professional environment um, alongside a colleague, or you could even be um, within a, um, an institutional, an educational institutional um, environment where an incident has taken place and it's caught you by surprise. Um, and there's, there's absolutely multiple ways about how you can address those. So just to elaborate on uh, a few of these approaches, Let's take a look at some examples um, of each. So when thinking about um, expressing your feelings and then taking care of yourself, let's imagine that you are a young person who has just been shouted at by an older colleague at your work establishment. Your first step is to take a big breath. This allows the blood to stay in your prefrontal cortex. So many of us will already know, it's the thinking part of your brain. And this is helpful to not rush to the emotional part of the brain, which is likely to, of course, lead to irrational behavior. Then you express your feelings calmly. And you might say, it is not okay to shout at me. And at that point, you make your exit. You phone or, 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 or you voice note a friend and you allow those feelings to flow through your body. But you've now taken control of that particular incident by expressing your feelings and then going ahead to take the steps of taking care of yourself. Let's have a look at the, 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 the next example. So you take care of yourself and then you express your feelings. So because we are, of course, all human beings and you know, um, it's very, very different, difficult to rationalize our emotional responses, um, but this is um, something you can do. We, we absolutely appreciate that because these emotions can overwhelm us. 
and in a, you might find yourself in a situation where you will seek support or you might look for a space where you can express your feelings. Um, so this might look like a quiet room. This might be a cushion even where you can just let go of all of those um, emotions or something else which might help you. Um, myself, as someone who loves words and writing, um, I absolutely have to go towards a notepad and just journal and write everything out. And so when you do that first and you're just taking care of yourself, letting go of a lot of that, that, that tension um, and, and letting it go through, through your whole body before we're responding. Um, and once you've tended to those needs, then you know confidently and comfortably that you can address the situation and knowing that um, none of the other um, emotional aspects will, will come out in that, in that particular scenario. And finally, to talk about simply taking care of yourself. So we've gone through the, the other two, and this is our final um, offer to you. Sometimes we absolutely know that the best and only thing that you can do to take care of yourself means exiting that very challenging environment absolutely immediately. Um, you, you are not obliged to stay in these situations. Um, and I, I know we all know this, and often it can be helpful to, to be reminded that you do not need to stay in a challenging environment. Therefore, seek in a safe space to allow yourself to process those feelings. It could be that you actually are afraid of, of saying something which will make the situation worse um, or acting out in, in, in a manner towards another person. Um, and so in these moments, it's very, very, very important that you actually prioritize being safe and recovering. And this is because you have to come first in these environments. Um, now, we'd absolutely love to leave you with a quote which speaks to the importance of doing something over nothing. Um, this is by Dahlia Kinsey, um, from Decolonizing Wellness in 2002. Suppressing your emotions is not a health promoting behavior. Living with this level of fear and anxiety adds to baseline stress levels and undermines the body. And that is everything I wanted to say on thriving in the face of discrimination. Rebecca, you're doing a brilliant job. I'll hand it back to you. Thank you, CPO. You are amazing as usual. Can you see why we utilize the services of CPO? You just, you know, he he gets it. You know, um, you know what's really important is that all practitioners not only do they have to have the knowledge um, of discrimination and anti-racism, um, but they also have to under, be have a compassionate nature, and and you certainly have that. So thank you, CPO. Okay, I'm going to continue because again, I'm very aware that people have uh, lunches. So I'm gonna get straight to the costing. Okay, so um, as you can see here, the costing is based on the size of the organization. Um, there is an annual access fee and there is a cost per seat. So at the moment we do have an offer that the, the seat price is, re is reduced, half price, it's half, half price for most of them. Um, so say for instance, you have 15 employees, um, just one second. There he goes. Take the pressure of SIPO. Um, so, um, as you can see, um, yeah, so if you've got 15 employees, you, you'll be in the one to 20 categories. The annual access fee is £2,000. The cost per seat normally, so the per seat just means per person, would normally be £80. Currently, it's £40 uh, per person. 
Okay, so uh, let's say you have 10 people in your organization, you'd pay the £2,000. And at the moment, you'd only pay £400 per person as opposed to £800. And there's no obligation to continue this annually. You know, you can cancel it anytime, as they say. But once you have access, you always have access for one year. Okay, and so this information is on our website. So feel free to look at that. Um, as and when needed. And again, if you've got to leave, the email address is on the bottom of the page. Feel free to get in touch. So it's quiz time. We're nearly at the end. So after the quiz, there's Q&A. People do want to ask questions. Um, so all I'd like you to do, really, because quizzes are something we've used quite a lot over the years. And they're fun and they're an interesting, engaging way to learn, right? So I've only got three questions. It's a cultural awareness quiz. So I'd like you, I can see there are 10 people in the room. Um, I'd like you just to put your answer in the, the chat box. And it can't be on LinkedIn because we won't see any comments on LinkedIn. It must be on um, this this live video, okay? And then once you've once we've gone to the three questions, I'll go through the answers. Okay, so are you ready? Here we go. First question: How many islands are in the Caribbean? There's quite a few Caribbean people in the UK, right? So let's get more get let's get more knowledgeable about where uh, this group of people come from. So is are there a 115? Have you? <laughs> Sorry, I was just put up. Sipo uh, says, I have to admit, I've been looking forward to the quiz quiz time. Uh, yeah. So how many islands are in the Caribbean? Is it A, 115, B, 76, C, 19 or D, 10? So if you can pop your answer in the chat box. Don't worry. There's no shame in getting it wrong. OK, because the great thing about this is I'm going to give you the answers. And so even if you do get it um, not so right, um, then um, you'll learn. You will learn. Right. OK, so if I can see something's happening, but I can't see all the comments. So if you please do put pop your comments into the chat box, that would be great. Ah, There we go. I've got a new comment there. OK, so Fiona says 19. Any more for any more? How many islands are in the Caribbean? Oh, here they're all coming now. Oh, I think there might be a delay on this. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Right. So there we go. So um, I've popped up a few of those. We've got 115, 76, 19. So there's no consensus on that. So um, we'll come back to that. We'll find out shortly. Thank you very much for your responses, everybody. Okay, number two. Um, what do you think are the two most common misconceptions of Latvian people in England? Why do we know this information? Well, we did a project with the Latvian community in Peterborough and we learned lots ourselves. So we put it into a quiz. So uh, two, what are the two most common misconceptions of Latvian people in England? A, that they speak Russian. So you can put like the, the letters. You don't have to write the whole thing out. So you can put like A and C or B and D or whatever. Um, so A, they speak Russian. B, they are they are of gypsy origin. C, they are Polish. Or D, it's always cold in Latvia. Okay. So again, I'm learning that there is a delay on this, but you can pop them in anyway. And as your answers come up, I'll put them on screen. So what do you think are the two most common? Uh, that are two of the common misconceptions of Latvian people in England. A, they speak Russian. B, they are of gypsy origin. Uh, C, they are Polish. And D, it's always cold. So remember, there's two of them that you're wanting to put on there. Okay, yep, they're all coming in now. Okay, here we go. So there's quite a few of you 
um, are going for D. But remember, there's, there's two answers on that one. Yeah. OK, so Claudette says C and D. We will find out. OK, um, let's move on to our last question. What do you call someone from Somalia? Is it A, a Somali? Oh, thank you, Anita. Uh, this is going for the, this for the last one. You say C and D. We'll, we'll, we'll find out shortly. So, yeah, go back to this one. So what do you call someone from Somalia? Is it A, a Somali, B, a Somalian, or C, a Somai? Okay, so what do you call someone from Somalia? A, a Somali, B, a Somalian, or C, a, Som a Somai? And I'll tell you why I know this, um, because once I was at a conference and this woman got up and spoke uh, who's who's from Somalia and and she said this is what we're called oh I'll give you a clue there it might be that might have been a clue um but yeah we'll see we'll see uh so ooh, Joseph, oh that's the last one I think uh for Joseph Fiona says B a Somalian Anita says B we're gonna find out the answer shortly any more for any more? What do you call someone from Somalia? Is it A, Somali, B, a Somalian, or C, a Somai? Uh, most of you are going for B. Uh, Joseph is going for A. Any more for any more? I think that's it, because we're going to come to a close now. So I'm going to give you the answers, okay? Are you ready? Ah, oh, here we go. A few more. Uh, seven says B. At, oops, hold on. And Shabnan says A. So let's find out. And I'm gonna I'm going to give you all the answers at once for time's sake. So the answers. There are 115 islands in the Caribbean. When I discovered this, which wasn't that long ago, I was shocked. I didn't know there were so many islands in the Caribbean. There's lots of small ones. Um, number two, uh, the, the most common misconceptions of Latvian people. Uh, number one, that they speak Russian, and two, that they are Polish. Um, so did anyone get that one right? Did anyone get um, number one right? Let's see. Let's see. Um, 115, you said. Shabnan, you got the one about the Caribbean right and Claudette. Well done. And then I think it's A and C. So it was A and C for the second one. Did anyone? Yeah, no, I can't see anyone who got the one. So anyway, yeah, they speak Russian and they are Polish. And then three, a Somali, which I, I think only one person got this one because it was A. Um... Oh, Joseph, well done. I'm very impressed. And Shabnan, well done. You both got that correct as well. Yeah, so I was in this conference and this, this woman of Somali heritage got up and said, you know, can you please use the correct name for us? We're not Somalians, which is the common term that's used. We are Somalis. And so ever since I heard that, you know, I learned that and it's something that um, I'll never forget. Um, so that is it. Um, it's, it's, it's over to you if there are any questions. I know this has been, you know... And I'm so grateful for the people that have stayed. I, I know it's been a long session, particularly if you got lunch. But yeah, well done, Shabnam. <laughs> you got all three. Oh, my goodness. So Shabnam got all three. And she says, yippee. Um, yes, yep, me. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that's referring to, but I know that you definitely got at least one, if not two, if not three, right, Joseph? So well done. Um, so yeah, well done for, for those who took part in the quiz. Thank you. And, and again, that's just a reflection of how we teach. You know, we've got all the serious stuff, but then we also have the lighter stuff that really engages you, but that you're learning at the same time. You know, we've been doing this stuff for years. So um, yeah, if there are any questions, do pop those in the chat box now. Um, otherwise, I'll, I'll bring this to a close. Um, hope, was that useful to you? That, that it would be useful for me um, to know if, if this has been insightful. 
Uh, I'm not saying, are you going to buy? I'm just asking, was it insightful? Um, Joseph says, thank you. Anita says, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Shabnam also says, thank you. All looks excellent. Thank you very much. As I said, a lot of hard work has gone into this platform. And you know, the plan is that uh, there'll be a lot more live sessions. So I'll give you some insight, actually, some exclusive information that um, we've revamped the podcast. The Coffin Anti-Racism podcast will be known as the uh, Compassionate Cultures podcast. And um, this will be live. Um, oh, that's good to know, Shabnam. We'll, we'll, we'll be, I'll be in touch. Um, um, so what we'll do, because I think a way of getting to the people is doing this, do, doing live LinkedIn events. Um, and so that will be done. Uh, right. Seven says, can I ask a question? Is there a minimum number of seats for the hub? No, because once you pay the annual fee, you can have as, as few or as many as you like. And that's what's beautiful about the the hub is that it offers that flexibility so it could be a financial reason why um there might only be five people initially on it but then later on in the year there are more people added or it could just be that you know you only want to include new people um who come to the organization to um to join so yeah there, there are no minimum seats um Claudette says, uh, no questions, Rebecca. However, this is fantastic. I love this. I will definitely be sharing this with clients, seeking the training, this training. Amazing work, Rebecca and the team. Thank you. Thank you so much, Claudette. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, very insightful. Thank you, Claudette. And that is something that we we um, are also looking for, our people to speak to organisations about um, crafting compassionate cultures. We are looking for resellers. So Shabnan, hence the reason why I say I think um, it would be good uh, to have a conversation. Uh, Shabnam asks, have to go now. Looking forward to staying in touch. Love the name Strawberry Words. Would love to know how you came up with this. Yes, uh, I'll say. Um, well, because the average strawberry has over 200 seeds on it. And so we like to think that uh, with every intervention, with every conversation, with every workshop, uh, with every lesson, we're planting uh, seeds of growth, seeds of knowledge and seeds of development. And we communicate through words. So hence the reason um, why we call it Strawberry Words. A very common question. And I love answering it. Uh, thank you for coming, uh, Seven. And thank you so much, Joseph. And that's it. I'm going to bring it to an end now because I want, I want to have some lunch myself. But thank you. As I said, this has been recorded. And so if you want to share this, please do. Um, so as many people can learn about crafting compassionate cultures as possible. Thank you so much and goodbye. So that's all folks. That's all we got time for. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your ears. And I'm really excited to, um, in, to bring to you the, the next few episodes. Make sure you're tuning in. If you're not on the mailing list, uh, why not? Because then you'll get um, notice of when the uh, podcast is out. So make sure you join. Thank you and goodbye.